Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. We're going to talk some money. We are going to talk some health. And I stumbled across a couple of good articles. Good timing, as right now I am currently working on a new course on the moneywithclay.com website that goes over health and pretty much how I transform my body. If you're not aware, a few years ago, and this is all kind of documented through my other YouTube channel that I have. But I mean, if you were to go to that channel, you would notice that, you know, the videos from a few years ago, I, I was a bit heavy. I was a bit overweight. I was a bit plump, whatever you want to call me. And then if you look at the videos that are, are, are now put out, there's definitely been a transformation. So I am, and one of the things I get quite often is, hey, Clay, what did you do? What were you, you know, how did you transition from looking like that to now looking like you currently do? So that's what I'm putting together in this course. And as I've done that, my mind has really just been on health and, you know, just all that stuff. So maybe it's kind of uh, made my eyes a little bit more aware of the headlines. But I came across a couple headlines here and, it, you know, health and money definitely pertain to one another. And you may be thinking, wait a second, Clay, moneywithclay.com, am I understanding that? But right now you're working on a health course for a site that's called Money With Clay? I am, because in all actuality, the idea behind this podcast, the idea behind moneywithclay.com is a lifestyle, a lifestyle of choices, a lifestyle of a thought process, a lifestyle of how you view the world, of how you view certain problems. And another part of just life is, I think we would all agree, is health. Even if you have a billion dollars, if you're a billion, you know, a billionaire, but you have the worst health on the planet, hey, have fun enjoying all that money when you can't even walk 10 steps without, you know, needing a, a breathing tank or whatever. So I mean, I think, like I said, that's pretty commonplace that even more so than money, health has a whole lot to do with uh, the, the quality of life that you have. And that's what I'm, you know, want money to the clay to be. Yes, I want to focus on finances because finances, money, that has a large part to do with, you know, having success in life. But there's also more than to it than that. And, you know, that's where health factors in. So yes, I would argue that health has a whole lot to do with uh, money and health has a whole lot to do with just lifestyle. And, you know, lifestyle is what I'm going for more so on, you know, the, the money with clay, obviously this podcast and then the site itself. So the first article that I, I came across is, uh, when was the date? Yeah, December 2nd. So this is just a, a, a couple of days ago it came out, but it says it's expensive to be poor in America. The high cost of obesity calls for sensible SNAP reform. SNAP is just a, a more common term would be food, stamp, food stamps. And I'm not gonna, this is a, a pretty in-depth article, but it comes from Brown Political Review. So brownpoliticalreview.org. Uh, you know, quite the fancy site here, but they had some interesting st statistics right out the get-go, which uh, assigns a whole lot of credibility in terms of why it's worth talking about this sort of thing. If it wasn't a problem, then yeah, I, I think I'd be wasting my time not only doing this podcast right now, but also putting together the course because, I mean, what value in there is, you know, what what value is there if what you're working on is not actually solving any sort of problem? But yeah, health is a problem. More so obesity is a problem. I get it, there are some things out there that you, you you just can't, You there's nothing you can do, it's out of your hands. Sure, maybe you can do certain things, but sometimes bad health, it, it just happens. And that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to things such as obesity, which 
you know, you can do something about it. And this is coming from somebody that, like I said, I, I was probably medically obese uh, as far as what medical definitions are a, a few years ago. So I, it's not like I can't relate. I mean, it's not like I've never been there. It's not like I'm sitting here saying that, uh, well, you know, this, that, and the other, and I'm preaching from a, a point of perspective that I really can't relate to it all. No, I can relate to it. I have been there. And none of this is, you know, um, none of this is just empty words. I already talked about the YouTube channel and how you can go back a few years ago. Um, and you are more than welcome to do that if you want. And you would see the, you know, all the, the, the transition and transformation that has occurred. But as far as this article, it just starts out. Obesity has been labeled a silent killer, a modern day epidemic plaguing the nation. Get ready for this. Diet related disease. So diet related stuff that you would have control over. Diet related disease is the leading cause of death in the United States, accounting for over 1000 deaths per day. It surpasses those related to tobacco, drugs, and alcohol. 8.2% of total Medicare, Medicaid, excuse me, spending goes toward obesity related illnesses. 8.2%. I mean, when you start to look at that in actual dollar value, that's a lot of dollars where if you just can shave that down a little bit, you know, let's call it, let's get that thing down to, well, let's drive it down to 0%, but let's just call it 2% or 3%. That's a whole lot of money that would then be saved. So going on, causing some states to spend over, get this, 20% of their Medicaid dollars on treating these conditions, 20%. So a fifth, a fifth of their budget goes towards, you know, uh, treating diseases, that are all caused by, you know, a diet. That's kind of crazy, especially when you factor in that it's something that's, you know, preventable. Largely as a result of this sizable spending, suggested reforms of the supp Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, commonly, refer commonly referred to as new, uh, food snaps. Now I'm trying to, I'm, I can, uh, can I read? Yeah, I can kind of read, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But there, then it goes into showing studies, and essentially it boils down to, hey, you know, lower income people, they, according to the statistics, are more obese. They're more obese because, well, they're low income, and even with the food stamp program, you know, they, they, they can't afford, um, you know, healthy foods. They can't, you know, get the, the type of nutrition. They can't eat a type of diet that would keep them from being obese, which kind of true and I'll explain the next article will will offer one bit of you know kind of backing up my thought process here but my other thought process and this is where money actually comes into to play here is the article focuses so much on they can't afford they can't do this they don't have that they can't you know you know just can't and don't it's always so negative why can't this look at as how can we make it affordable in the sense of how can we get them more money how can we bring up their budgets so either A, they don't even need food stamps anymore, or B, they have that much more money coming in, so then when you combine in the food stamps, now they're sitting that much better. But it's always focused on, well, what can we do to make things more affordable? Why can't it be, what can we do to just give them more money, to make them have more money? And if you're a first-time listener, there, I would encourage you, go back to through the archive, there are all sorts of you know, episodes I've done where I, where I cite facts, where I cite articles and research that shows, hey, if you wanna get more money, 
if you wanna give yourself a pay raise, if you wanna increase your wages, here's how you do it. Go learn a trade, go learn a skill that a lot of people for whatever reason aren't necessarily wanting to do. I'm not saying go become a doctor, go you know, become a brain surgeon, go become an engineer. A lot of this stuff, people just don't wanna do it. So the only skill required is the desire, the ability to say, yeah, I'll do that. And there you go, you can give yourself a pay raise, you can give yourself more money. And when you do that, hey, now all of a sudden, it kind of kicks this, this worry to the side about, well, some people just can't afford good food, healthy food. Well, let's make it so they can afford it. Instead of just, well, we gotta do this, cause we gotta, you know, we gotta cause prices to go down and we gotta, uh, you know, just create more problems because now you're offering, and, and this article talks about uh, you know subsidies and um, all this sort of thing that within the grand scheme, it's just more cost, more cost. Sure, it's maybe lower cost to these people, but then it's costing taxpayers more. And it's just, it's a, it's a sticky situation. And I am not against food stamps per se. I get it, life happens. Tough times happen, and you know it, it's good to have a program like that available. And that's this is why I'm not totally against all government assistance programs, uh, because yeah, life can happen. But instead of just making it easier to stay in a life just happens, let's just focus more so on getting out of that situation in the first place. And by focusing on that, these uh, these matters become, you know, I don't want to say unimportant. But they become just, it's its kind of like, yeah, it's much more cost effective. And you can make a lot more headway where the when the driving cause is, let's just get people more money. Let's just make people richer, dare I say. And rich has a wide definition. When I say rich, I'm not talking about, hey, driving you know 10 fancy cars, I have four houses. Oh yeah, and you see that big yacht over there? That's mine. That's not the type of rich I'm talking about. Rich for these people, you know, rich is a step. When I was in high school, rich to me was, man, yes, I am rich. I can fill up my gas tank. That was rich to me. And you know what? For a lot of high school kids, I I bet that's rich. Yes, yeah. Look at this. I can go to the movies. I I can take a girl out on a date. I can do fill in the blank of something that I promise in, in, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years, you'll be like, Oh boy, life was so simple then. But you know what? Rich is a matter of perspective and it's one level at rich at a time. Pretty soon, assuming you know you, you got your head you know screwed on straight, rich to you is not gonna be the ability to fill your gas tank. It's gonna be like, yeah, that's, that's kind of easy. That's not really that much of a challenge now. Rich to you may be, hey, I just got, you know, I can afford a house and I'm, I'm, I'm able to make my, mor- my mortgage payments. This could be some two bedroom, 500 square foot house, 300 square foot house. But you know what? You are rich because you are able to do that. You are making more money. So for these people, the rich is just simply, let's give them the ability to buy your higher quality food. How do we do that? We need to be pushing these people towards you know, mindsets, towards strategies. They're gonna put more money in their pocket. And those strategies are out there. None of this is me talking theory. Again, I'm not gonna rehash all the other episodes I've done, but go back and listen. There are all sorts of instances where people go out there now and get the skills, but 
I, I've never, and I will never say, are these skills always like, oh, wow, that sounds enjoyable. Oh, wow, I'm gonna go to work every day with a smile on my face. No, I mean, life isn't always pleasant, but as ways to get richer, in this case, just get richer to afford better food for you, for your family, for whoever, well then, hey, why wouldn't you? Because if health is important, which it is, then yeah, suck it up for a little bit and use those kind of uh, type situations to catapult yourself even further. But when people are too much focused on, well, they can't do this and you don't have that. Well, how do we get it? How can they afford it? That's the question. And the or, and you, you can afford it by you know directing these people towards um, you know areas of the economy that are going to help them get rich and you know as we've defined it. So in the article, I will say there's some interesting ideas, uh, but again, my you know for me, I think all ideas need to start at the at the core of you know for me it's yeah that that's great you want to make things cheaper, but how about you don't focus on that you focus on different ideas. And you know what these people have done, they're always focused on making things cheaper. So, um, but yeah, there's some interesting things going on because it's, it's a massive problem. You have poor people and it's a valid argument, the statistics support it that, well, a lot of times poor people are more obese because poor people can't afford more so, you know, what would be considered healthier foods. Again, that's fine. But you know, there's, there's a different thought process to go about it. And then this is where I counterbalance all the what I just talked about. So again, I'm I'm willing. Some of you may think I'm heartless, but I, I do have some compassion. But I'm also now this is where kind of rigid, grump, grumpy, crusty clay comes out. But then there's this article, and you'll see. Maybe you're going to see where I'm going to head with this. So this comes from CNBC, uh, their health and science section. Which, to be honest, I had no idea CNBC, which is a financial site had a health and science section, but they do. So once again, that just proves, yeah, money, health, they go together. But the title, few Americans exercise as much as they're supposed to. And that adds 117 billion in annual health cost. So to pick up the article here, just a fraction of Americans are exercising as much as they're supposed to, costing the healthcare system billions of dollars and contributing to people dying early. Only 20% or 26% of men, 19% of women, and 20% of adolescents meet the US Department of Health and Human Services exercise recommendations, according to the agency. Failing to meet the suggested levels of, aero, um, of uh, physical activity adds nearly 117 billion in annual health care costs and contributes to 10% of all premature mortality. Uh, HHS, uh, so the Health and Human Services said Monday in announcing its latest guidelines. The data highlights the challenge of persuading Americans to become more active. Between 2015 and 2016, about 93.3 million US adults, nearly 40% were considered obese. 40%? So to keep that, you have 10 people standing in line. Four of those people are considered obese. Whew. I mean, that's almost half. That, that's, that's pretty crazy. And then the sad part is nearly one in five children and adolescents ages six to eight or six to 19, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So one in five kids, 
oh man, there's nothing, there's nothing in my opinion as a, a father of four that would is sadder than that. Adults need 150 minutes of, all right, we won't go into that. It just kind of maps out their, um, actually no, I'll, I'll do, adults need 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous aerobic activity each week. So 150 minutes, let me just do that. How many hours is that? 150 minutes divided by 60. Are you serious? Did I read that right? Adults need 150 minutes. There's 60 minutes in an hour, so 150 divided by six. Oh my goodness, I thought, two and a half hours. That's what they, is, did I read that? Each week, yeah, each week. So that's the requirement, that's what would be, that, that's what they consider exercise. So if that's what they consider exercise, I, I clearly misread that the first time I went through this article because I'm, uh, I'm double checking myself, but yeah, that's what it says. Adults need 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous activity each week. So two and a half hours. How many hours are there in a, a week? There's a whole lot more than two and a half hours. So we'll go down to this bottom portion here though. Um, one round of exercise can reduce anxiety and blood pressure, as well as leading to better sleep and improved insulin sensitivity, the agency said. In the long run, physical activity can improve brain health and reduce the risk for eight types of cancer, fall-related injuries in older adults, and excessive rate gain, the Health and Human Services added. The agency first published activity guidelines in 2008 to help control the U.S. obesity epidemic. In 2008, the medical costs of, of obesity were estimated at $147 billion, with costs for people who were obese being $1,429 higher than people of normal weight, according to CDC. So my point here, and maybe you know where I'm headed with this, is I get it. I understand there needs to be more, you know, systems implemented if you're just, you know, monetarily poor and you can't necessarily afford, you know, healthy food. But there ain't anything holding you back from exercising. In fact, a lot of those jobs that I talked about, a lot of those ways, strategies to increase your wages, to make yourself more rich, guess what they're going to cause you to do? Some physical activity. So let's get this straight. You're getting paid more, you're becoming richer to exercise and become healthy. Well, that sounds like a good gig to me. That doesn't sound, that actually sounds like, dare I say, logical? To go get paid to do a job that requires physical uh, exertion. So I, I get it, everybody wants to you know, sit at their desk, work all day, not have any, you know, no calluses on their hands, no, no blisters, you know, but that's, that's how I got fat. That's exactly how I got fat. And I, you know, I was clay, you know, you know, back in, in, in college every summer I, I, I did roofing and boy, was that hard, but that may be the strongest I've ever been was those roofing summers of carrying shingles, of ripping off roofs, of just beast moding it. And I was getting paid. And there's all sorts of jobs out there in the trades that require physical activity. So again, getting paid more money than what you're norm or that when you're currently making to get in better shape, to exercise. Talk about, you know, killing two birds with one stone, getting richer 
and meeting these exercise demands, which are really pathetic, by the way, two and a half hours per week. So to me, yeah, maybe poor people are more obese. But I mean, what about what about the exercise problem? That, that, that's something that needs to be accounted for, for sure. And I'm sorry, but one fix to this healthcare system, and I'm sure some people might just call me cruel and heartless, but listen, I was there and I fixed it. So it's it's fixable. Is it always pleasant? It is, is it always easy to fix it? It is not, but it is possible. But with this whole healthcare fiasco and all the costs that exist out there, I'm sorry, but in my little perfect world, let me, let me preface it by saying this. I have no problem helping somebody. I have no problem with a system that says, hey, you know what? This was out of your hands. You literally, it, it is of no fault of your own. And, you know, it's it just, you know, life happened, health happened. I am all for that because, you know, that just, sometimes people need a little helping hand. People need, uh, you know, to, to, to get by. There, there, there's nothing in my mind wrong with that. And that, that's perfectly fine. But there is something where, hey, I need those tax dollars. I need something paid for, you know, tax dollars other pe- that, you know, other people earn um, for my issue here. And yeah, my issue was preventable. My issue, you know, could have been avoided. But uh, yeah, I need those tax dollars, please. Uh, sorry, sorry. Now, if you can go find an employer or something that wants to, to pay, um, you know, via their health insurance program, then fine. But to me, that's a very, very gray territory. Maybe I'm just incomp- uncompassionate. But to me, if, if, if somebody is needing, wanting, demanding money for an issue that was preventable in the first place, ah, that, that just that doesn't sit right with me. I am well aware there's always little, well, what about this situation? What about that situation? My, my premise here, my overall thought, thought process is there's a whole lot that could be done by just focusing on getting people richer and then getting people to exercise, getting people to have a strategy to lose weight, to get healthy, and when you're healthy, you're more productive, and then you can even get you can get even richer, and then when you get richer, you I mean it's a self it's a good cycle of, you know, it's an upward cycle that really that really spins in the direction that you would want to spin it. But sometimes I I think people get focused on the wrong things. People, you know, almost don't give people enough credit. They say, well, you know, you're in a tough spot. So how can we make that how can we make that spot easier for you? Why can't it ever be, yeah, you're in a tough spot. What can we do to get you out of the tough spot? Not make it easier to stay in the spot. Just let's just get you out of it. And you know, with with health, you could be in a tough spot, but that doesn't that that doesn't hold you back from exercising, especially if apparently you only need to do two and a half hours a week. I mean, give me a break. That's that's Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. And once more, this is coming from somebody that, yeah, I, I, I fell off the wagon. I, I definitely put on the pounds, but you know, you, you, where there's a will, there's a way. And I just have a problem where people, it's just either are, are too lazy or they just, you know, I don't know what the issue is, but when I read these statistics and all the costs that flat out obesity is causing, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bit, I don't want to say shocking, but it's, it's, 
it's shocking in the sense of it is preventable. And now remember, preventable and easy are, are not one and the same. It has not been easy. I, I love my donuts. I, in fact, I love my donuts a whole lot. But, you know, when, so, yeah, but I can't eat donuts every day. You can't eat donuts every day. And so, yeah, it's not easy, but it, it all, a lot of this is preventable. And that's what I want to end on because I, I, I could see it. Well, as far as, if you got this far, you're, you're probably on the same wavelength as me as, as, as far as thought process is concerned. So I don't think you would throw this accusation. But I could see people just saying, you're so incompassionate. You're so, remember what I said though. I've outlined things that are preventable. Sometimes in those instances where life happens and there, there's nothing that that person could have done, yeah, there, there needs to be situations in place. There needs to be um, you know, a system that can help take care of that person. But with a lot of this, as the statistics are saying, you know, us as taxpayers, you know, as far as the country as a whole, ah, we're, we're, we're spending a lot of money on stuff that with a little bit of education or with a little bit of incentive, incentive being, yeah, sorry, you're not going to get any taxpayer dollars for your condition that was totally preventable. You know, pretty much, oh, uh, yeah, I have a lung cancer. Give me a bunch of taxpayer dollars. Are you a smoker? Yeah. So why exactly do you feel that you need uh, money for your lung cancer when it's a well-known scientific fact that smoking causes lung cancer? I mean, I, I don't feel as though I should have to pay for those instances. If that makes me cruel, then I am cruel. But it is what it is. So yeah, be aware. How are you doing on the exercise front? How are you doing on the health front? How, how are you, you know, just doing in regards to your ability to pay for stuff that is healthy? If, if, if you find it expensive, if, if you find it, yeah, I just don't do it because it costs too much. Well, you know, how, how's your budget? How are your personal finances doing? Is, is there something that you can do to make it so that those foods become more affordable? Maybe they are affordable, but you just have other things in the budget that maybe you're making that more complicated. And so some things to consider. I would love to help you out in all these matters. I mean, I do offer courses and, um, you know, like I said, I, I, it, I, I love to help. And that's why I think that everything is priced more than fair because yes, I need to value my time. Yes, I'm running a business. I don't have any shame in that. Um, time is the only commodity that uh, you can't get more of. Well, I guess you can get more of it if you stay healthy, but you get what I mean. So yes, I, I, it's not like I do everything for free. I do need to value my time, but I, I would love to help you out, whether that's on the health front or the money front or both. But that's the whole idea here is let's just get ourselves in a lifestyle and a big part of that lifestyle is mindset that's gonna make you productive in all these ways. But sometimes it just starts off with, how can I get richer? How can I make more money? And when you ha you get richer, when you get more money, it's amazing how many opportunities and how flexible the system actually becomes. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path 
the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.